0: Everybody And welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I am Katie and with me as always is...
1: Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason.
0: Oh yeah. I'm so glad we're almost through this week. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast on the date airs, it is Friday. And this week has seemed 12,000 days long.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree with everything that you just said there. I'm glad the week is almost over. It felt... I can't believe it's only Wednesday when we're recording this thing. It already feels like I've gone through two weeks.
0: Yeah. Our kids are doing online schooling. I'm teaching uh, several classes, three classes online right now. Um, Jason is working at home online attending meetings. We're having birthday parties this weekend. Our oldest daughter, Alethea, is turning nine on Sunday. And then on Labor Day... My beloved husband and co-host is turning 36, so they're both celebrating with a Frozen 2 party.
1: I love Frozen 2. <laughs> so good. <laughs>
0: Our daughter gets the choice since she was born, almost on his birthday. So Jason has resigned himself to all kinds of cartoon-themed parties for the rest of his life. He doesn't yep. care.
1: Whatever she wants, I don't care. As long as Grandma makes me some good food on Sunday, I'm good.
0: Yeah, my grandma has this tradition of... um The Sunday nearest to your birthday, you get to choose what we have for Sunday dinner after church. So Alethea doesn't ever get to choose. Jason chooses for her.
1: That's the least she can do. She can give up the food. She gets the birthday decorations. I think it's fair. I think it's fair.
0: We'll see if that changes the the older she gets. But (laughs) right now, Jason gets to call the shots. I have to share my birthday lunch usually with my brother-in-law. And we both like very different things. And I can't get him to go along with me at all.
1: Well, that sucks for you.
0: Yeah, you can just manipulate our child into doing what you want.
1: <laughs> That's called good parenting right there. <laughs>
0: all Jason's ever wanted, like as soon as we had kids, he's like, I can't wait till they get old enough to bring me a Mountain Dew from the fridge and go get stuff when I, so I don't have to get up and do my chores. That's all I ever wanted. And to take their birthday dinners.
1: We are almost there on those first two. Almost.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just like we also conveniently had children around major sporting events so that we would be able to stay at home and watch them on TV at all hours of the day and night.
1: Yep. That was that was nice.
0: <laughs> the US Open, Stanley Cup playoffs, Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics, the Super Bowl. All are very close to both of our daughters' birthdays. So we get to watch all the major sporting and this year the Kentucky Derby is actually falling by another one of our kids' birthdays instead yeah. of in May. So hey. Yep. yep. All the big sporting events. All right, let's talk about some news because I got no more banter and I'm sleepy. <laughs> So since it's now officially September, I'm already thinking towards Halloween because I love fall. I love Halloween. So the first uh, game I want to talk about from Kickstarter is Dining with Dracula. And I heard, I heard that maybe another like video cast, I don't know what to call that.
1: Yeah, Uh, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Whatever those guys are called happened to talk about this before me so i'm a little upset about it but i'll probably talk about it better so done with dracula
1: (laughs) they talked about it for a long time
0: (laughs) throwing down the gauntlet how long i can check no it's
1: fine it was like it was like 22 seconds so you have 23 Hmm. go ahead
0: okay You're a liar. So Dining (laughs) with Dracula is uh, worker placement and sort of time management, which I think is a really interesting thing. So the theme is like you are, uh, Dracula's retiring because he's old and decrepit, which is actually a little bit, the artwork for him is rather disturbing, but the rest of the artwork looks pretty interesting on this game. And you as the player compete as one of his relatives who wants to take over the Dracula name and empire, which I mean, it's got a pretty good thing going. If you're going to be a vampire, you might as well get into the Dracula gig. So you have, like, your own little, like, shaped meeple piece, which I think is cool, obviously. And then there's, like, Dracula has is so into his empire. He's got, like, these, um like, little, like, s- stands and stuff, like, around his house, like, souvenir shops and stuff. So... And they're a little run down, but they're still there. And so tourists still come on this tour bus. And one of the cool things I like about this game is the components. So you get like an actual tour bus to put these little tourist meeples into that will come to, I don't know, Dracula's manor area um, every day. And so you only have, I think, four days. So there's a day and a night phase to, you know, you're going to try to fix up these like little areas that the... Um, these tourists are coming to, you can also like hypnotize tourists to somehow, I'm not clear on how that happens, but you get them to do work for you. Um, and like you bribe them with like donuts and beer and stuff. And there's these little shaped tokens that are donut shaped tokens and beer shaped tokens, which I think are great. Um, and so you're trying to like do all this work to rebuild this, get more people, get these guys to do your bidding, um, you're also collecting things then to take with you to dinner every evening with Dracula to say, hey, here's what I did today. Let me show you um, the effort I've made, which is how you actually score the points, I believe. And so you also have to bring like some stuff to bribe in Dracula's favor, like bring some blood. You can even bring a tourist or two along um, some sheep, maybe. So it's got all these really cool shaped wooden meatballs. There's these little gems that you use to kind of like mark the areas that are yours I just think it's like a kind of a crazy theme and of course I love like like holy water shaped meeples and beer shaped meeples and all the stuff. Um these little like unique fun cards and touristy cards and gems. So um I just think this looks kind of cool. So if you're interested, if you I, and I'm like a big vampire fan. Like I don't want horror movies because I'm a super scaredy cat, but I do love the vamps like all kinds. Like Buffy and Lost Boys and um, oh, Daywalker. I can't remember. Why am I drawing Blade's name? Blade. Blade. Blade um, Underworlds. Like the classic Dracula. Don't
1: forget the vampires that shimmer. Don't try to get into this
0: one. Yes. I really like all vampire lore. All that stuff. Um, so this was a theme that like I really thought was fun. So if you're interested, Dining with Dracula, there's five days left in the Kickstarter. And it's $59, which is out of Jason's price range. However, there are a lot of really unique shape tokens and things that come with this. So I could justify that kind of a price.
1: Yeah, so a couple things. You do know how vampires are hypnotized. We've seen Hotel Transylvania. We've seen Dracula do it. So you look into their eyes and they become hypnotized and they do whatever you want.
0: Oh, so you mean in this board game when one wooden meeple looks at another wooden meeple, they become hypnotized and that's how it works in the gameplay?
1: Yes, that's exactly right. And two... Three. This company that did this game was supposed to send us a copy of this game, but for some reason it got uh, held up in Pennsylvania, which I think is code for the reviewer didn't want to pass it along. So um, not sure. We're going to find out who yeah. has
0: it in Pennsylvania. We're coming to your house. Not I'll sure
1: who it. lives in Pennsylvania, but I'm going to send a member of the Riveted out to get you because there's a member of the Riveted that lives in Pennsylvania. And he's going to come pick it up. He doesn't know this yet, but he's going to get it.
0: Pick it up. I'm going to go old school. I know some people in Pennsylvania. you about to get some cement shoes. You don't send me this game. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, you know some like Amish people or something or what?
0: I know somebody who knows somebody <laughs> who owns a warehouse. Okay, enough said.
1: All right. So, yes, this game does look kind of cool out of my budget, I think, for what it is. But the theme is definitely... Unique, 100%.
0: Oh, and I didn't even mention, I talked about this worker placement, but also the thing is each time you take an action, it takes up time. Like you have this, it's a communal set of time on this clock. And so once that clock reaches 12, the round's over. So really um, you're trying, like hypnotizing tourists and all these kinds of things to get more stuff done in one action is, is the way that you're trying to do that or like use these tourist cards to power up your actions because you're working against a clock with other people. So you, you want to make each action really count, which I think is kind of a cool way to even press more into that, you know, making really tough choices in worker placement. So I thought that was cool.
1: Yeah, this, this game does sound cool. I agree.
0: Anyway, moving on, the next uh, game I want to talk about, Jason had mentioned to me, and I didn't know a lot about it, except the artwork is phenomenal. And that's pretty much still where I'm at. And this game is called Die of the Dead. So it's a Dia de Muertos uh, dice game. And there's these really cool coffins. Um, there's, um, I mean, the artwork is phenomenal. There's this staircase that you're going to... Or they're caskets that you're going to move dice up on you're gonna put dice in caskets you're going to prepare souls on your player board you're gonna move some caskets around you've got like um items from the ofrenda that you can use um i don't they give you something like there's that's good i don't know how you win
1: it makes me just want to sing that me a poco loco song from coco (laughs) <laughs> yes, I do
0: love the Cocoa movie. Um, and also they said that they really worked with um, like some Mexican-American artists to make this, like the ofrendas. Of- I can't roll my R's. Um, a Mexican artist to, to work with that to this, this nine step staircase, which is like the levels of traveling from the world of. The Dead to the Land of the Living, um, Papel Picado player cards or friend tokens, Calavera dice. Like they really worked hard to make it like very authentic and it's and and culturally like specific and it's it's really beautiful. Like that's what has drawn me to it. I don't know how you win. Uh I read it, I um went over it, I still can't figure it out. Um, but it looks so great that I am in <laughs> because it looks amazing. So I, I, to be fair, I did not watch the, I watched like the Kickstarter video, but I didn't watch like the the preview video, videos they have at the bottom um, or like that stuff. So that's probably part of, part of my problem. So if you want to try and figure it out better than me, please do so. So this is Die of the Dead. Especially, and I also like the theme of Dia de Muertos because I just think that's interesting, um, and I love that kind of representation. and the, And the artwork is beautiful. So there's 12 days left on that. If you want to check it out and actually figure it out, because I did a terrible job of trying to figure that out. And it's thirty seven dollars, which um, I think is reasonable. Because and it's so, it's just so freaking beautiful. So let's die of the dead.
1: Yeah, I I mentioned this to you because I'm I like kind of Yahtzee-style games, and that's what I thought this was. And I don't think, I I don't, don't think it is, Yeah, though. I don't think it is, but the theme is also really cool. Yeah, but as, as I'm looking to, through this, I don't think it is Yahtzee-style. I think you're, you're using dice to climb those stairs to fill the coffins and do stuff like that, but, yeah, it, it still looks cool, and I would still probably enjoy it. But, yeah, I have no idea how it plays.
0: Okay, and speaking of beautiful artwork, my the last pick I have for this week is so stinking adorable and I picked it based solely on the artwork because I'm a sucker for that and this is Plantopia the card game and apparently this card game is actually based on a comic book um, a a comic series um, called Life of a Potato and it's about an adorable little potato and it's little friends like vegetable and plant friends that apparently are just like sweet adorable they go around spreading kindness and joy in this comic book which I think sounds fantastic. And they are so, so, so cute. Like, oh, it's like, it's, it's so cute. It is really cute. Yeah, it's really a comic cute. series about a little potato and its friends spreading love, kindness, and laughter around the world. So it's a card game. And it seems, it says it takes 20 minutes to play, and it really seems pretty basic. So you're um, planting, you have, you have plant cards, and there are weather cards. So you're drawing these plants, and you basically want to get the them have the most magic leaves so you plant plants and then they're going to grow if the weather is right or you can expend cards to grow and um there are a couple different types of cards like there's cacti cards there's tree cards um there's flower cards and they each like do different things like cacti um they have x when you plant them they give you like these special abilities once they grow to like certain levels or some of them automatically. So like cacti cards will let you draw more cards. Um, flower cards help you like um, grow cards. Cause once you plant a card, it kind of goes on top of another like planter card. And so it can go, it can be, it can move up like three or four levels or so to be fully grown. And so um, you plant a, you can either plant a card, you can draw a card, or you can discard a couple cards in order to um, make some some of your plants grow. And so then the weather is going to happen. Everyone picks a weather card from their hand, and then they're all revealed simultaneously, and then you get to see what the weather is going to be like for the round that next round. So if you have plants that match the weather cards that are out there, then they get to grow. And so when some grow, then you get some things. And so it's like trying to find like balance like okay what's gonna give me good cards what's gonna give me um like the bonuses I want to grow my cards to give me more magic leaves like all these great things um so there's like a it's like a tableau building you also have to like play cards in order to be able to plant cards so then you're deciding okay what card do I want to keep what, what am I going to use to actually um pay to plant this um I think it looks like there's a lot of, like, pretty good choices in here. And it's so, so, so cute. I mean, it's so cute. And even, like, the little names are, like, punny. Like, um... You love puns. One, but, like, these are cute ones. Like, this one's a pepper tree, but it's, like, a little tree trunk. And then it's got, like, a pepper shaker on top. And it's got a cute little face, and it says hot and spicy. It's so cute. I mean... Yeah, I it's, like...
1: I like the maple leaf with like the Ricola horn thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. And there's a <laughs> there's a cactus, which is a cactus that's shaped like a little kitty. Like I mean, they're so cute. So if you want to check out this most absolutely adorable art and just like a fun little sweet card game, um playantopia the card game. There's sixteen days left, so plenty of time. I'm pretty I think it's already funded.
1: Yeah, it's way funded.
0: And it's only seventeen dollars to get yeah. the to to get it. And it's so, so cute. And I really kind of want this. Like, it was so cute, I almost, like, teared up a little bit. And the interesting thing is the game is designed by Daryl Chow, who did, like, Overbooked, Artemis Project, Remember Our Trip, Ramen Inc.
1: Yeah, he's legit.
0: Yeah, but it's, like, simple rules, but lots of interesting choices. And I, I, I love that. I love games that do that. And it's so, so adorable. Like, I just keep looking at them. Like, I can't get over how adorable they are. So I
1: was was reading through this, and you said you're using cards to pay for, like, other actions that you're doing. Yeah. So that's like a Race for the Galaxy thing. And then as I was looking through this, it says it's like a cuter version of Race for the Galaxy. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, so it's more than just a cute game. It actually does seem like it has some cool strategy, but you can bang it out in like half the time is race for the galaxy which is cool.
0: Right, and it's adorable.
1: Yeah, it, it is. That little plant or whatever it is that's the guitar. It's pretty awesome.
0: Plant yeah, the guitar. Where's that? It's on oh, the, oh yeah. up there. Yeah, whatever it, it looks is like, like a it's violin, violin actually.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I like the buttercup and then there's like in um on Kickstarter they've got like some Singapore themed plant cards and then there's like um the Garden City seed pack which is like different cities so like the Canadian maple you know has like yeah the little it's wearing ice skates because it plays hockey and like it's it's really i mean
1: because of course it does
0: oh well, yeah it's canadian maple leaf it's really so they're just really cute and adorable and i even watched like the video um and it's done with like this really adorably cute little voice and like the little the little like to toma- like a little tomato will pop and be like and grow and like and sunny like it'll just it's so cute like i cannot get over it i have to stop looking at this because i will not
1: shut up Ooh, and they've unlocked
0: like special powers for each character and
1: i was gonna say we're gonna have to stop talking about this game at some point
0: i mean and the solo mode hey i don't know if that's all right unlocked yet but it's close so anyway that's plantopia the card game Check it out. Sixteen days, only seventeen bucks. Oh my gosh. Are you gonna back this for me? Because it's really cute. I'll
1: I'll put it in my hearted section. So that probably means I won't. That means back it,
0: but... I will I will instance, I'll say <laughs> this to appease you. You'll forget about it, I hope. And I will not have to pay any money. That's exactly That is
1: what that <laughs> That's usually exactly means. Exactly what just.
0: that means, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first.
1: Everybody on this podcast is gonna think I'm like the worst human being ever.
0: No, they're just gonna know you're a miser, which is true. <laughs> we were just talking about that the other day on facebook
1: so we're we're gonna move on from this we're gonna like yeah we're gonna go to something happier
0: oh okay let's change the subject we're gonna talk about how jason's gonna get out the crowbar to get to his wallet ever
1: all right so speaking of crowbars um
0: no bad segue (laughs)
1: yeah it is a bad segue. let's talk about games played yeah, we are going to talk about some games that we played, and we played all three of these again, so we're back at it. We're not, uh, I'm not playing games and Katie doing other things. We're both playing some games, mm-hmm. and the first one we're going to talk about is one of the heaviest and rights I think I've ever played in my entire life. For real. And it is called Roman Roll, and it's co-designed by David Terzi, or David Tursi, there's an accent mark in there. I'm not sure how he pronounces his name, but he's done Anachrony. Uh, he's co-designed. He did some of the solo modes for Tracurion. So he's works on a bunch of beefy, heavy games. So in this game, what you're doing is you are drafting dice to take some actions to help rebuild Rome and earn the most favor with, like, um, Nero. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get goods to trade them for coins. You're trying to build buildings out on the map next to maybe your opponents to earn favor with some senators. You're trying to just construct buildings to get different types of points at the end of the game. And what you're really trying to do is you're trying to race up these four different types of tracks to get to these special blue spaces first, because that's how you earn Nero's favor. And the game is going to end when all the Nero favors cards are gone, and then Erasmus the Points is the winner. So it is a rolling right, but that being said, there's like 900 things you can do on your turn. Uh, it could get some AP, but it is a rolling right. So what do you think about this one?
0: Um. Oh, what do I think about this one? Okay. So there are these huge dice that you roll and they are, they're like specially made for this game because they have all these different symbols on that you can do. And some of them are resources and some of them are actions. But then some of the things you can do don't require the action symbols. And so you're drafting these dice and at first you're like, what the heck do I want to do? I don't know. I don't. I don't need a symbol for this anyway. Oh, well, that's not the right symbol for that. Like, there's a lot of confusion over drafting the dice because you're like, I don't even know what I need. And then, like, you're making, you're drawing on your board. Like, you're basically, like, marking off stuff on your board. And then you're drawing on a a shared board to make these different, like, buildings, which are really good ways to get points. But you don't necessarily seem like that's the way to do it because you're trying to get up on all these tracks. Like, I honestly think that there's some really cool stuff happening here. I would love to see it made into a board game because it does not make sense to roll and write. I would like to see maybe like a hand, almost like um, Concordia style of cards that allow you to do different actions at w- much like the dice were. And then you can go places to get your resources or you build these buildings that generate resources for you and have it laid out on a board where you put down things that indicate that you have built these different buildings you're putting out little markers that indicate oh i have this i've conquered the settlement etc because it just it would make sense on an actual board it is like mass chaos when you do it as a roll and right.
1: yeah i agree with that we talked about that a little bit after we we're done playing and if you watch the video on youtube that i did for this i'll uh, reiterate those that sentiment i like this game it was way too long for a rolling right. Yes. It was like two and a half hours or something, which is way too long for a rolling and right. And a lot of that time was because people were having A P over their dice and what they could do because there's so much stuff you can do with one die. And you're trying to like, you know, do I want to do stuff on my own personal board or the main board? Yeah, just so much going on. Like if I'm going to play a two and a half, three hours game, I'm gonna bust out a VTEL game. That's how it's probably gonna go.
0: Right, and, and I think, I think there's this. so much potential here to make a really great game. I just, like I was talking about with my English students today, like there are certain expectations you have for different genres. A lot of poems and songs, you expect them to rhyme. You expect them to have rhythm and cadence. You expect a roll and write to be over pretty quickly, have a few simple rules, a few choices. And so being in this genre, it does not match expectations, which I think is what made it not as enjoyable experience as it could have been. And I think it would come across better as just like a bigger, heavier kind of worker placement game.
1: Yep, I totally agree with all that.
0: Cool. So we went from something that was heavy and ridiculous to something that's a little bit lighter and kind of fuzzy. And we played Calico. And I got to say, when it first came out, I thought, oh crap, oh (sighs) crap, oh crap. Tiles.
1: Yeah, it is tiles. It's all tiles.
0: But they are different sizes. They were all squares. So I appreciated that. So in Calico. I think they're hexes. Oh, oh yeah, whatever. Anyway, they're all one shape. They aren't different yeah, shapes. I yeah. had to sort together. So in Calico, you get a little board um, that has three different places on it for scoring tiles. And you everyone starts out with six of the same six scoring tiles. You draw four randomly, you choose three to play in your game. And so they'll say, okay, around surrounding this tile, in like around in this hex, you want maybe None of the same pattern or none of the same color. And there are different points like um, color points are less. The pattern points are a little bit higher because that's a little bit more difficult. And um, then there's a few little kitties that you play with that are scoring cat cats um, that want certain types of pattern tiles um, in certain shapes or maybe next to each other or whatever. So everyone has two tiles. You play one tile on your board, you draw Um, And then you draw a new one from a bank at the end of your turn. So the gameplay is pretty simple, but you're trying to decide, okay, oh, I want to get these patterns in this order. I'm looking for this pattern with this color. Like, ooh, if I put this over here, I'm going to get a special bonus. So there's a lot of thinking to it. Um, And I, I actually really liked it. I mean, it helped that I won, but, and I was surprised, more surprised than anyone else that I won. No, I lost. No, I didn't win.
1: I No, I did. Know. I did win
0: because I had two of the big cat bonuses.
1: I liked it, but man, there's too many scoring options. Way too many. No. My brain was like freezing up. You got those. You get three of the same color. You get a little button. You get all the buttons. You get an extra button. If you do one of your your three tiles on your board, you get those points. There's six different ways you can score these cats. There's just too much stuff for me to think about in this and I got trapped in my own little uh, in-game scoring problems and I didn't win. But yeah, it it was way heavier than I thought this game was going to be for a little tile game. And by heavy, I mean like brain burning. I mean, it's not hard to play, but the options of where you're going to put the tile and all that was just... It was melting my brain a little bit.
0: I didn't find it that overwhelming but I think it's also because I like that there's all those different things because then I choose... How I want to get points. So I really, like I had a tile that was going to give me a ton of points, like 15 points if I met the criteria. Well, I'd screwed it up early on and I'm like, ah, oh, well forget this. So I'm like, okay, there's these cats that if I get five of the same pattern in a row, I get 11 points. So I tried to do that twice because then that made up for the 15 points and then some that I missed. So it's, I like that there's all those different options, but yes, if you don't know how to focus, and, or how to multitask a little bit, I could see it being very difficult. But but it is, for being such a deceptively simple game about kitties, um, there are some really, really complex decisions to be made. And I really liked it.
1: Yeah, I liked it. It's just, man, I don't know if it's something I could play a lot because it, it burnt my brain in not a way that I, I enjoy.
0: I just find that really odd
1: yeah i I don't know like I can play like a VTAL game and i can I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm still gonna lose, but I feel like I'm at least accomplishing something. I just felt like I was struggling, I wasn't getting anywhere it it felt i still liked it but man i was I felt real dumb
0: well, you like set your expectations really high, and so he thought, oh, I'm gonna get both bonuses for color and pattern, and you can't do that so you put all your eggs in one basket and it wasn't even the correct basket.
1: <laughs> No, because if you get all different colors, because mine was not equal, so if I either did color, if I did, because Brandon said if I did color and pattern, you got the extra points.
0: No, you can't. He then said later, said, oh, you either do all different colors or all different patterns. You can not get points for both.
1: Yeah, see, I, I would have done that completely different, but all right, that's neither here nor there.
0: <laughs> it's over. It didn't go well. It's a fun game about cats, and they even yeah. and like they're they're real cute. Like when you earn points, like if you meet the cat's criteria, you get the cute little kitty token, and he goes on your little quilt, like he's laying there. Like the cuteness factor is pretty high. I liked it.
1: It really is cute, yeah. I agree. I think I liked it. So uh, going on to a game that I did like, and that is Smartphone Inc. And this is uh, an economic game where you're making cell phones. And you're trying to set up distribution plants across different countries in the world to sell these set phones based on the cost that people want or by different technologies that the country is wanting. Um, you're doing that by this really cool action selection grid where you have these two boards and you're putting them on top of each other to try to only have the actions that you want to take showing, which is pretty AP inducing it could be. And then you're going to reveal, you're going to get some goods, you're going to use goods to sell you're going to get some progress markers that you're going to put your influence around from where you have buildings and certain buildings a lot going on but it's laid out pretty well it's not as long as i thought i was going to be but i enjoyed it so if you like economic games that and you don't want to play for four hours you can bang this one out in like 90 which isn't bad at four players so smartphone ink
0: yeah i don't like economic games and there is kind of an element of area control to this which i also did not like that's true. Um, I, I was okay. Like, I do love how clean the board was. The iconography, I feel like, is really helpful. And I think that's why it didn't take us very long to learn it and then play it because everything made sense. It has, like, a Ian O'Toole kind of artwork look to it, which it is not, I found out. But it has that, those clean lines. It reminded me how the gallerist is set up, except even more clear-cut iconography, um, which I, right. I I liked a lot because that made it easier for me to see what I wanted to do and strategy-wise and stuff. Um, I won, so I always have trouble saying that I disliked a game that I won. I don't dislike it. I played again, but there are other games I think I'd rather play because I don't love economic games, and I don't really like area control. But I managed to do enough in goal um scoring things to help me come back from like behind really and win so it was all right it was all right
1: yeah this is another one of those games where i was winning pretty much the whole entire game but as per usual i neglect in game or i can't get the in game points and then i lose
0: you don't go after the in-game points until it's too late is your problem.
1: That's true. That is true. i just like, oh, I'll get to those later.
0: Because <laughs> for me at the beginning, I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just work on some in-game goals because I know that you'll have to have those eventually and I can't figure out this other stuff. So, like, I was not getting many point. Like, I didn't have majority in a lot of the different markets So like for a while, I wasn't getting hardly any points. All my phones were super cheap. So even if I sold a bunch, I didn't get (laughs) a lot of like points for them. And then but then I had racked up all these end game kind of scoring things and a lot of stuff came into play for me at the end. So that's how that's how that worked out.
1: Yeah. So if you like economic games and you don't want to play like City of the Big Shoulders that takes four hours... I think this will give you that same kind of economic feel. It's not as heavy as that by any stretch of the imagination, oh, no. but it'll still give you that kind of you know you did something, you did some math, you sold some stuff, you converted some stuff into other things. It'll still give you that feel, but in a fourth of the time. So I liked it.
0: Yeah, it made me affirm that I never want to play City on the Big Should- City of the Big Shoulders, nor do I really have any interest in economic games. <laughs>
1: I like economic games they're just usually really long and I don't love that
0: yeah it it was just enough it was worthwhile playing I think that there are some people that would really like this game and it is a very clean cut easy way to get people into those types of games that don't want don't really like them and don't want to put that much time in and so if you're jonesing to play something that's economic and heavy this is like a nice compromise I think for you agreed All right, and that is the games we played (laughs) So for our feature for this podcast, um, this I've thought about this for a long time, but this this um, topic is something that is very actually like sincerely dear to me. Um, and tonight we want to talk about the our favorite some of our favorite Japanese themed games. Um, not only have I mentioned before that I think that there are some great games that have come out of Japan, um, Seiji Kanai. And what they can do, I forget what the name of that contest they had where you it's only so many yen equivalent to like, I don't know, if, what you can make a game for like 20 bucks or five bucks or something. Um, yeah, something like that. Gosh, I should have done my research on that. Like that encourages innovation and it's amazing. And then Japanese culture in general is about efficiency and, and doing things well. Everything you do, um, you spend your life perfecting. Um, But also, my dad um, was half Japanese. I have a little Japanese grandma. And so I grew up kind of surrounded by Japanese culture. It's part of me. And it's now part of my life and and my kids who are very much white looking. And as am I. But, um, you know, we always take our shoes off and we eat noodles that no one else has heard of. And we have seaweed and we have gyozas and we have miso on the regular and sticky rice and seaweed paste and all that stuff. So i just i love japan because it's it's just it's family to me and there have been as i was working on this so 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 many games are japanese themed um and are gorgeous might i add um that it seems that a lot of board game players also enjoy japanese theme and culture so these are these are my top three. It was so hard to make a choice because I and looking around just in our back room of games. We have a lot because that it is a theme and um, like an a artistic look that really appeals to me. So I will just gravitate towards this game automatically. And I apparently just dragged Jason along with me. <laughs>
1: I like some. I have three that I like.
0: You like more than three, I think.
1: Yeah, that's true. I did pick three, but yeah, I, I like a lot of these too. They look nice, and most of them are Euro games, so I'm down for that.
0: True. So my first choice is Takedo. Um Is this game is very easy? So it is a walking tour of Japan, the countryside. You are just you're just a casual kind of traveler. So you're going to the hot springs. You're maybe collecting some paintings along the way. You're getting some souvenirs of different types. You're going to visit some friends. You're going to stop and eat. Um, It's just a very chill game. And it's one of those games that the main mechanic is you're moving along on this. It's like a linear movement, but and you can never go backward. And then whoever is in the, the last place as far as the linear order goes, they're the next one to go. And so you could, there are only a certain number of spaces. You can block people out at the different options. And it's it's basic set collection. Um, I love. I like it because it's a nice casual break. I think there's something very restful and peaceful about it, which seems silly because it's a board game. But it really is, like, super laid back. Even for a game where you can block people out of spots. And sometimes someone's like, ah, I want to go there. How dare you? But no one ever gets that upset playing Takaido. And it is, like stunningly beautiful. Um, There's a lot of white space on the board, which only serves to enhance what's there as far as the path. The color palette is gorgeous. Also for me, like in going and looking at the food, I'm like, oh yeah, I love that. Oh look, here's fish cake. Like it's stuff that I grew up with. Um, And so for me, there's some nostalgia there, but I also think it, it does a really nice way of taking a lot of like interesting Japanese cultural things and bringing them into a very a rather popular Western game. So I really like Kaido, and I think there's a special a collector's edition or something out there that is even more beautiful, but it's so expensive. But I want it real bad.
1: Yeah, uh, I I like Takato. It's uh, it's a little too simple for me, but it is a nice game to just sit around people who don't play games and you can just chat and collect some stuff. So that's fun and it's gorgeous. So that's always fun too. So yeah, I like this. I just don't know if I like it as much as you.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. It's not like ooh yeah. If I'm like yeah, let's play a game. Let's really get into it. I'm not going to pick Tokaido, but I also like it when I'm playing with people that you know aren't necessarily gamers. That you know, it's they want a more casual experience, and it's just something really nice to look at. So you can you can chat and talk or whatever gosh the collector's edition i like i got painted minis and oh, i really want this it's like so it's so pretty it's so pretty
1: this episode is the episode that katie <laughs> likes to look at games because they're pretty <laughs> i know
0: hour. apparently oh my god so anyway my <laughs> choice is to moving on shut me up this next game is also pretty
1: <laughs> yeah it is so the one i want to talk about is a co-design from bruno Catala. It's from Days of Wonder, and it is called Yamatai. Am
0: I supposed to say that for my games? Takedo is Antoine Bauza. Sorry.
1: Uh, you don't have to. I just do. It's just I don't know. I You, you can if you want. I don't know it's any of those things,
0: deal. so that's why I don't to say them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, Yamatai is not stark and white. It's super multicolor bright. Um, the colors on this game are amazing. The board just pops. It's all, it's all amazing. Um, and what you're trying to do in this game is you have these little boats. You're trying to build routes around these tiles that meet certain colors, so you can build certain types of buildings on these tiles. Uh, you're also using some money that you get to earn favor with these different. Um, I don't I forget what they're called. I'm gonna call them nobles because I like nobles. Uh, different nobles that can come over and be on your side to give you special player powers and stuff. It's not a super like complicated game, but it's deeper. It's like Five Tribes weight-ish. It's not like you know heard but it's got some some meat to it. So if you want one with maybe a little bit more than Takedo, if you're going to do, go down a tour of Japan, you can start with Takaido and then maybe do some other ones that we're going to talk about later and then hit Yamatai later. Uh, that was a terrible thing. But <laughs> Yam- Yamatai's, terrible. <laughs> Yamatai is beautiful. It's a good game. It's, it's a lot heavier than Takaido, but it's nothing you can't get into. If you like heavy-ish games and you like Bruno Catella, you like Japan themes, check out Yamatai. You will not be disappointed.
0: It's gorgeous. Also, since it's the Days of Wonder, it's one of those Days of Wonder games. The production is fan-freaking-tastic. I love like the chunky pieces that you're putting on the different little islands and the little boats that kind of mark your pathway. The colors are bright and vibrant. It's like... It's it's compared to five tribes a lot in that they're both vibrantly colored. They both have awesome wooden components. Um and then And Bruno and Bruno and Katala. Bruno Catala. Otherwise different. And I think there's definitely room on the shelf for both of those, which we do have both of them. I tend to prefer Yamatai actually because I like the Asian the Japanese theme, but it, it is it's it's a really it's just it's just a good game. It's quality.
1: Yep. I like it.
0: All right. My next game I have talked about before because I feel like it's super under the radar. It's really high on my top 100 games. And not only is it a Japanese themed game, it is designed by a Japanese designer that I happen to love, Seiji Kanai. And that is My Star. Um, my Star is a Japanese geisha game, which I love. Seiji Kanai. It's from 2010. So it is older. The I do know the copy that we got was brought to the States by AEG. So look at me knowing both a publisher and a designer. Good job. I know it never happens. Um, So this is a card, strictly a card game. And you are playing as a geisha and you are, um, you have, all the geishas have certain talents. You're, you're trying to increase your popularity, earn money to attract guests. And so you have to then improve your talents, get more guests that are helpful to increase your popularity and draw Bigger and better guests that are for more points. So, you're playing out these guests that are going to advertise for you to improve all your different talents. You're going to play guests that have powers in an attempt to get rid of your cards and make other players have cards. So, it's hand management. There's variable player powers. Um, it's this gorgeous geisha themed, and you've got um, like the different cards for the different um, like clients and stuff. That, and there's a couple different designs that this actually. Like, I really like. The Japanese design of it is really pretty, but um, the one we have, I also love. Like it's like like Mons, the Okasan, the Daimyo, um, the Samurai, the Thief, and so then you've got really like it. The iconography is pretty clear on all of it. It's a pretty easy game to play, but you have like a really you're deciding how do I use these cards. Do I want to play them as advertisements? Do I want to play them for the player power? Do I want to, like, how am I going to get more out of my hand? Is someone getting too many cards out of their hand that I want to make sure they get more cards? Like, um, it's it's just a good little card game. Again, like, Safety Kanai. I just, genius, man. To put out a game, I, I wonder if you can find this. I don't know. I haven't had to buy ours since we got it for, like,
1: five, five
0: bucks. bucks or something. But it's i i love this game i i love geishas that's one of my favorite oh yeah 21 bucks here somebody's selling it 22 dollars on amazon it's so worth it um i love card games in general i love geishas i love saji kanai it's all there so my second pick my star
1: yeah this this is a fun little card game um and it is just strictly a card game you're playing cards to mess people up to help yourself and it's pretty fast. Three rounds. You can play it in 30 minutes. Not too bad.
0: Yeah, we'd play it more, but it, you have to have at least three players because yeah. the interaction that you do with the cards. So
1: You could probably play it too. It would just be weird. So, yeah. Agreed. All right. So the next game I want to talk about is a game that recently got a reprint, and I'm not sure what company reprinted it, but the version we have is from Pandasaurus and, or Egertspiel one of those are you two. Sure about I I, that? I think I think it's Eggert Spiel. I'm trying to look at the the logo when I'm right here where I'm sitting and I can't quite see it but I think that's a fox. So I think it's Eggert Spiel, And the game is called Yido.
0: Eggert Spiel. So,
1: yeah. if if you don't know what Yido is, it is a game that it's a worker placement game similar to Lords of Waterdeep, but what you're doing is you are in feudal Japan and you're trying to earn favor with samurai, you're trying to earn favor with geishas. You're trying to have your little—I forget what they are. They're not—they're not called workers, but I can't remember what they're called. But you're trying to have your pawns in certain places on the board to fulfill these contracts. So, say I'm trying to go assassinate this like um, this government like leader. In order to do that, I need to have certain some different types of tokens. I need to have my pawns in certain places on the board, and then I have to have a pawn to use to complete that token. So, while it's a worker placement game you're not only going to places to get things, you're also trying to get your pawns in the places they need to be so you can fulfill these goals. And every, every so often, there'll be this little, like, jerky guy. He's traveling around the board, and if you're in the same place as him, he'll come and slap you around. And you know how I like when stuff on the board <laughs> slaps me around? Sandra. So, yeah. It's like Sandra or it's like... The um, Japanese Sandra. A ca- yeah, it's the Japanese Sandra. And so if you like worker placement with really cool, um, a little twist and set collection because there's kind of some set collection here too this is one you should definitely try to find i don't it's out of print at least the version we have is out of print and i don't know how cheap the big deluxe reprint is or if it's even out yet but if you can find it i would say get it because there's some cool auctioning and it's, it's got like everything that a euro game can have in it and it's good so that's Yido. yeah
0: it could we could have the painters version i don't know because they also there's a bunch of they also did it I'm not sure. I think
1: it's both, actually. It might be. I think it's Pandasaurus and Eggert Spiel. I'm trying to look. I can't see but
0: it. IDW Games in Yellow and Pegasus Spiel also published it. Oh, so.
1: okay. Yeah, I don't know.
0: There's a lot. Um, I've never played this.
1: Yeah, I played it with Brandon only at two. So I probably need to play it at higher than two because it, it didn't really shine at two. But it was still fun.
0: Yeah, I don't know if the Master, Deluxe Master Set is available yet. But it's rated, like, really high.
1: It is. It's good.
0: Yeah. I would probably play it
1: i think you would like it it's it's a little long my only issue is it's like 12 rounds or something mm. and each round is pretty long so while it's fun i think you could cut off three or four rounds and it would be even more fun
0: this is the weight on it's <laughs> like a three or something so like it's pretty high
1: yeah it's fairly heady trying to figure out the puzzle of where you have to have your people and to get stuff and avoiding that like mean sandra you want to? it's 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 pretty brain burning you
0: want to impress the shogun
1: Right. You completely
0: yes. killed the theme of the whole thing. You didn't talk about the Edo period or anything.
1: I said you were in feudal Japan. What else do you want from me?
0: Oh boy! At least you knew that it had a theme that was Japanese-related. <laughs> I guess
1: it has a samurai on the box. I can see that looking at it.
0: <laughs> okay, so my last pick, and this was so hard. Like I have, had, like I have a billion honorable mentions, and I'm going to mention every single one because, again, I love Japanese-themed games. Love them. So, the last one I picked is a new one. It actually came out in 2020, shock gasp, after my like, 10 years after my last pick. Um, Call to the new. <laughs> right. And it's a game that is so not my type either. Um, but it's called the 100 Tori. And this is actually a tile laying game. And um, you're making these pathways through the garden. You've got these great, these beautiful Tory gates, which I love. I think there's also Tory gates in Yamatai. Like, that's one of the things you can place down. Um, it's got Vincent Dutrait art, which is a big thing for people. Um, I think Scott Caputo and then who's the other guy? Eduardo Baraff are the ones yes, who designed yes. this. Um, pencil first. Vincent
1: Dutreit did the art.
0: I just I already said that, but thank you.
1: Oh, sorry. Sorry. Vincent Dutrait
0: art, which I do sometimes enjoy Vincent Dutrait art. It's, he's not my favorite artist, but I do, we do own a lot of his games, uh, illustrated games. Um, but he illustrated Japanese garden. And so I'm in. So this is, um published by pencil first games. I had to look that up. People don't think I know it. Uh, But on your turn, you're laying these tiles out to create pathways through the garden and you're matching up these different like garden elements. So you want, you're trying to make the longest path from similar elements. You want them to pass through as many Tories as you can. Tories are good luck and you get extra points for passing through the most Tories. Um, You also can then hire some workers even to help um, give you some special like ways to maybe score a little extra, score twice, ignore something that's closer to make a longer path. Um, And then you can do like almost a set collection thing where if you get so many of the different items or you hire of the different employees, then you get these extra like in-game points. I think I'm really terrible at this game, but it's so pretty, and again, it's another one of those kind of, it reminds me of Tokaido in the sense that you're casually going through a Japanese garden, so you're just laying tiles, and you're turning the paths this way and that, and you're just trying to connect, like, these beautiful fountains, or these fox statues, or, you know, it's, it's just a very lovely kind of peaceful game. And I like it, so that's the 100 Tory.
1: Yeah, I like this quite a bit too. It's a nice tile game. Uh, it could get some AP if, or if you're min maxing, it could pose some problems. Which but... I
0: don't, so that's helps. Right?
1: Yeah, but it looks nice. It's fun. It's nice collecting those pieces. The theme is spot on. It's yeah, it's it's really good. I like this one.
0: Okay, that's my last one. Well.
1: All right. So yeah. Well, you'll probably talk later, but for now. <laughs> My last one is a big box, a big, huge box, because I have the big box, and it is called Shogun, and it is from Queen, and the designer, I think, is Dirk Hen who did Alhambra. He's done piles of games. It is Dirk Henn. Um, and this is a reprint of Wallenstein, which is the same game, but it takes place in Germany, and everybody knows Japan's better. Word. So... <laughs> So what you're doing in this is uh, you're kind of doing some area control. You're trying to just conquer other, I don't know, other players to take over their area. It's kind of risk-esque, but the way that you're determining battle instead of rolling dice, you're using the cube tower. You're dropping your cubes from the territory into the tower along with other people's cubes from the territory. And whoever has the most come out is the winner and now controls that territory. There's a little more to it than that. There's some cool card play on this player board. You're kind of programming all 10 of your actions right at the top of the round. So you're hoping that your programming doesn't go awry or one of the the territories that you're using to take an action doesn't get overtaken by somebody else. So there's some some cool extra mechanisms, but at its heart, it's an area control game. Takes place in Japan. You're taking the control of a samurai. No. It doesn't get more.
0: You're not a samurai. Uh, You want to be the shogun. You're a daimyo. Whatever. And you're trying to take over all these provinces. You take over enough provinces, you become the shogun.
1: Don't let me explain a game about theme. (laughs) You know what happens.
0: I know, but like this is a Japanese-themed feature. (laughs) I feel like we should explain the theme.
1: I know it takes place in Japan, okay? And I know the map is Japan. And I know there's a guy on the player board holding a sword, okay? So... That's all the theme that you're going to get out of me. I like this game. It's fun. We don't play it a ton because you need to have three players again. And if I'm going to have three players and play a game that takes this long, I'm probably going to play something that's less mean. But I do like it. So that's Shogun.
0: I've never played this because it's area control. And despite the fact that I love Feudal Japan, um, I don't want to play area control. So I'll just look at the box. It looks nice.
1: Yeah, it, it it's area control, but it, it's less annoying because there's some randomness to who's winning. I know there is, is with Dice 2, but I don't feel as angry when I lose here because it's all at the fate of the Dice. Because you like to use the tower
0: as the real thing.
1: Yep, that's why.
0: <laughs> I, I would definitely play it once, but, you know, how I feel about those area control. So those are the three. I I picked three. We each had three Japanese theme games that, you know, I. it's not even that these are those are maybe my favorite. They're just... Ones I really do like and we don't talk about a lot. But I would be remiss if I didn't talk about all the honorable mentions that I have. And uh, Jason can just, like, co sign all this check that I'm about to give.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with all with all of these, yes. Um,
0: Tonto Quarry, obviously. If you know anything about me and my top 100, uh, this was one of my favorite deck builders. Um, it is Japanese-themed. It's anime. Um, I talk about it a lot. It's a.k.a. the slutty made card game but it's just a really really good deck builder well done deck builder by Twin games i like it um i also love sushi Go and sushi roll because again sushi is japanese shush, shush. try to say sushi shushi. really fast so you're hard. saying it like our daughter no. our daughter says it
1: like this.
0: the sushi the sushi rolls i love sushi um but also again really cute artwork in sushi go and sushi roll um adorable little dumplings that smile at you before you eat them so cute the miso soup that looks like my wise old grandfather i love it um yokohama which i actually haven't played i always look at the box of it i'm like man that looks so pretty that looks so interesting i'm automatically drawn to it i've not played it i actually took off this list because i was trying to keep it to games that i have played
1: no well just think it's like istanbul a little more depth and it takes place in japan so there you go you've played it I i
0: feel like we need to have it
1: yeah, it's pretty good I've heard. I haven't played it either. I also but. heard
0: that I also saw there's like a Yokohama duel which is like a two player.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Um Seven Ronin, which is a two player game. Love that. Um Samurai's versus, versus ninjas. Ninja, yep. Cool, like um I don't know what you call that where you like plan your you plan out your steps in secret while the your opponent does as well, and then you see like oh, if they defended against you or
1: yeah, it's kind of be programming a little bit, I guess. It's a programming game, essentially. Yeah.
0: It look, kind of strategic, like a a little, I feel like a rather in depth little two player game. Doesn't take up a lot of room, but again, that whole like samurai ninja culture, I love that. Uh, Machikoro, super simple intro. Uh, Japanese, I love the art on this. It's fun. It's like that Kawaii kind of side of Japan that I love. Rolling dice, it's like. This is, that's like basement level. If you want to get people involved and you definitely want to start with a Japanese theme game, Mach Koro is it. Uh, matcha, which is a game about making tea in the Japanese tea ceremony with matcha being green tea. Um, it has like fun little components in there, like the little whisk in your teapot and stuff. Um, cute little game. Is that a two player only? or? Is, can
1: yeah, it's, it's a two player only. Kind of like a little tug of war type deal.
0: Uh, King of Tokyo. I mean, come on. Like, Gojira is classic Japan. Oh, yeah.
1: Nothing says Japan like Gojira. Go, go, Gojira.
0: <laughs> so, King of Tokyo. Um, Kanban, actually, is Japanese. I, I would is. say some people are like, oh, it doesn't look like japanese but And obviously, it's not by a Japanese person, but Kanban is a Japanese word. I mean, making an efficient, like, car production line, what's more Japanese than that? I mean, Honda, Toyota, you see it everywhere.
1: Dawoo VCRs.
0: <laughs> no, Daewoo's Korean.
1: Oh yeah, that's true.
0: Who are you? What?
1: I don't know. That's this why I don't why say things. I didn't
0: let you talk <laughs> on the Japanese theme po- like podcast.
1: To be fair, you tried to put spirits of the rice patty on here, and I corrected you. No, I, I said it, I
0: wasn't sure because there I are said it rice was Taiwan, Japan.
1: I said it was Taiwan, so therefore I know something.
0: Do you know where Taiwan is?
1: I know something. Okay. <laughs>
0: Um, Another one that I really like is Hanamakoji, which they also did like a reprint, which is the exact same game, just different art, which also is beautiful. Shadows in Kyoto. They kept the Japanese theme. It just looks different. I like the artwork on both of them. I don't think I don't
1: think those are the same game.
0: Yes, they are. That's the one that
1: the Hanamakoji one is like uh, she. um,
0: Oh, Shishia Academy.
1: Yes. Shadows in Kyoto is a different game.
0: Not Shadows in Kyoto. That's what I meant.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to say it. Jishi Academy. Yes, it's the same game, but different art because there was some issue with uh, well, the artist, I guess. Or somebody thought the Hanamakoji was too risque.
0: Hanamakoji doesn't look risque. It's like. I, I think don't think Jishi, it is either. Jishi yeah. Academy is more risque. And Jishiya is actually Chinese, if I'm not mistaken, now that I look at that.
1: Yeah, so let's just take it off that list. Oops.
0: But Hanamakoji, yes.
1: Yeah, that one's fine. Yeah, the other one is what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, Hanra Koji. Um, I really like that word. That's also another two player. Um, yep. I love it. Uh, Kobiakawa which I love to say it, and it's the whole mask. Um, have you played that
1: one? I have not played it. It's a little like fifteen card game. Yeah, I haven't played it.
0: Maybe I haven't played it. When, I played it either.
1: I think it's like a, a like No Thanks sort of. It it reminds me of No Thanks, but I I don't think it's the same. It's essentially no theme, but it has a Japanese name.
0: Yeah, that happens a lot. I love the way it looks. Again, I think we... I probably bought it cause I'm like, ooh, look how pretty this game is. Let me take it. Also, it's designed by... It has Japanese designer, um, which I always want to support, good Japanese designer. So it's like Bluffing and deduction and 15 cards. Again, those little simple card games. I love that. Amazing. Um, Kanagawa, which is about painting pictures... And that one is again very light, but also beautiful artwork. I love the idea of um, building these different types of paintings. Set collecting Hanabi. I do not like this game, but it is pretty.
1: Yeah, and it's Japanese in name only. I think. Yeah,
0: it like you can't. It's not really Japanese, but the name Hanabi is for firework in Japanese. Takenoko, Oh my gosh, cute pandas. The gardener. The boo.
1: Number five minis game of all time. <laughs>
0: yes apparently (sighs) such a good game again another like entry-level game but a family weight game um my sister who doesn't play games loved it um my sister's sister-in-law who doesn't play a lot of games loved it it's just a great little intro and who can deny that cute panda um kodama i love those little tree spirits
1: i guess i didn't Um, realize that was japanese i just thought it was some made up (laughs) thing
0: well they're in um
1: cherry blossom trees
0: no, no, they're in like Miyazaki films.
1: Oh yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They're they're in uh, Princess Mononoke.
1: Right, that's right.
0: So they're tr- it's it's kind of a Japanese legend. Gotcha. All right. Um, about the tree spirits. Super, what do I know? Yeah. Again, I don't. <laughs> Super cute. I mean, that's where that's from. Now you learned something new, um, pff, Sakatsu, which you've played. This I actually I haven't played that game.
1: I play that with Rory a lot.
0: Yeah, our daughter loves that game. Uh, it's a little bit harder. I th- yeah, she just think? she
1: just puts pieces down.
0: But I feel like it's it's a garden, so the theme, as far as being Japanese theme, is a little bit yeah it has light. koi
1: a koi and a koi pond and all that stuff.
0: So you have some of that and birds, but. Ugh. You know, that's probably I don't like it, birds. <laughs> the Legend of the Cherry Tree that Blossoms Every 10 Years. Again, one of the longest game titles ever, but oh, that game is so beautiful. Cherry trees are so quintessentially Japanese. Um, I love that game. I think it's really fun. The box art is gorgeous. It's a cool set collection, pusher lot game. And then lastly, I ended with a game that's Japanese in origin. And I don't... I, but I know some people in the United States play it. It's called Hanafada. and this is like a little card game. There's very various implementations of it. There's even some Nintendo theme cards. I like the traditional Japanese ones that depict um, each of the different months, which is represented by like the different trees and their different animals and um, things that show the different seasons in Japan. Uh, it's like a, a set collection trick taking kind of game. Um, I used to play it with my grandma and my dad a lot. And so it's kind of a fun, like easily, you you can take a, they're tiny little cards that you can take like a pack in your purse or your bag anywhere. Um, But it's a fun little kind of strategic game. You can play with two, three. I think my dad and my cousin and my grandma used to play for money, like a penny, a point or something terrible.
1: So some interesting factoids about this. It's two to seven players Mm -hmm. from 1701 and it's ranked 3110 on BGG which is pretty high for like a like a traditional game you know not yeah. like a designer board game so that yeah that's really interesting
0: yeah it's uh, it's called flower card which is what hana hana's flower um, but if you so if you want to get like super traditional it's they're like from yeah it's from like 18th century japan and i i i don't know it's like 48 cards there's 12 suits one for each month four cards in each suit yeah and And if you buy it
1: you're not going to get the rules so you got to print those out from somewhere else
0: (laughs) but they do exist the rules do exist um and like nintendo actually makes sets of the cards which i think is hilarious Um, so you could get hanafada cards with mario on them if you wanted i
1: think they're all those are awesome
0: what i really want is a hello kitty set and i don't know if they make them but I don't see why
1: they shouldn't. They, they I'm sure they do. I, if you can put Hello Kitty on something, it's going to be on it.
0: I know. I want it so bad. There's, like, Yoshi on one, and they got some other anime ones. But I've got, like, old, some an old-school traditional set, and then I ordered a new set. So Hanafada, a fun uh, little Japanese card game that you can take with you anywhere. So I'd recommend that you try it. And that is the long list of all of my honorable mentions for the best Japanese-themed games. I know there are other ones out there. Um, There's some ticket to ride ones. There's uh, definitely, I try to steer away from like the war games where Japan is obviously like (laughs) the axis. Um.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The bad guys. Yeah. We just want to highlight the positives here.
0: (laughs) Um, But for me, like all, all these games are like really highlighting the beauty and like the fun and the cuteness sometimes of Japanese culture that I really love and that just has been part of me growing up. So, this is a really personal topic to me. So, if you hate Japanese theme games, keep it to yourself. But if you like them, <laughs> please um, write on our Facebook page. Um, definitely join hashtag the Riveted, our Facebook group, and talk about it. Because I know there are some I don't have. Like the Ticket to Ride Japan map, I desperately want. And there's some other games. I know there's some other games out there that I didn't mention. Just simply because we don't have them. I mean, I do have, obviously have a lot of Japanese themed games. um, But there's plenty that are still out there that I want to get. So let me know what is worth getting. So find us on Twitter, Instagram. Um, Definitely check out the YouTube channel. Jason's always putting up new stuff. We're always trying to steal people away to put stuff on our YouTube channel. Apparently, we have controversial videos. We're all about insulting other cultures. But here, I followed up with a (laughs) Japanese-themed game episode. So take that.
1: Yep. And just want to give a shout-out to Board Game Rundown. We've been kind of, like, messing with them in this episode a little bit. But they did a video for us about their favorite games with nobles and tracks, which I disagree with all of them. Oh, my gosh, yes. And... I did a much more um, apropos video on their channel about <laughs> minis games that every single game had minis in it, so there's no lying there. So if you want to check those out, go look at our YouTube channels. We were just having a good time messing oh, around.
0: So. Oh, but I did forget. Yeah. I have a new fickle favorite. You do? Yeah, Scott Crisley, Shout out to you, man, who believed in me, believed that I can win Smartphone Inc. And at first I thought, oh, I'm letting Scott down because I was behind the whole time. And then I came back at the end and won it. So you are my favorite. My, my fickle fan favorite this week, my friend.
1: That's for you, Scott. She won it all for you. Yep. She's, she said the whole game, I got to win this one for Scott. I can't <laughs> let him down. It's, a, it's his whole wish for today is all he wants is for me to win this game.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so, Scott, I feel like some japanese theme games you'll further cement being my favorite. If you And anyone who wants to be my new fickle favorite, go out and buy a set of Hanafada cards and put a picture of it on the Riveted so I know <laughs> then you'll be my new yeah. favorite. <laughs> yep. All right, I think that's enough. I have yammered on forever about japanese theme games because it's just something I love. So I have been Katie.
1: And I'm Jason.
0: Keep gaming, everybody.
1: Keep gaming.